All right, well, please be joined. First time on, Pat Smith. First time I was invited. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. On it. That's true. You recently had me on your show, Three Man Front Host. Yep. And, of course, everybody that knows you knows co-founder of the Paul Feinbaum Show. So, it's an honor to have you on this program. Absolutely. Well, thank you, but you know sometimes that could be a curse. A lot of people, <laughs> you say the F word, and it kind of comes back to get you, so you've got to be careful. So you, I know you, and particularly your listeners, you had me on after I was one of my fine mom appeared. Yeah, you, you had some interesting <laughs> comments about uh, about Nick Saban and, yeah, the, and, and the, the program. I call it the decaying dynasty, which you and your listeners were very, very quick to, to point out. That's not even close to accurate in your guys' minds, but what would it take to get there? I mean, if we're... If we go 8-4 and four next year at Alabama, is, is it a dynasty in decline? I'm not sure if you would say a, a dynasty in decline, but I will tell you that if they end up losing more than two games this year and not getting back to Atlanta, that there's going to be a, a lot more nervousness and hand-wringing because just like any fan base, they've been spoiled in regards to what has happened over mm-hmm. the course of you know, Nick Saban's career in right. Tuscaloosa. And when you get into a situation where perhaps you have – whether it's LSU getting back to Atlanta and, or Georgia winning another national championship, some folks, you know, maybe the not, the not as educated as a football fan, but they'll be very quick to point out that, hey, we might need to talk about the, who's in charge of the, the head you know, coaching position at Alabama, which is crazy to say, but right. they're so used to you know, winning so many games and playing for championships that you know, I don't think they view it as decaying, but there will be some that will say, okay, you know, Nick Saban is in his early 70s. Right. What's the plan moving forward? Yeah. What's your confidence level that uh, Nick Saban wins at least one more national championship? Oh, wow. You know, seeing what's going on around the conference, uh, I would say the confidence level is not as high as it was last year. Mm -hmm. You don't have a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback coming back. You got new coordinators left and right. You know, it's one thing that Alabama had going in its favor last year. And you saw how it turned out. So I think that's the nervousness around this Alabama program right now from the fan perspective, not the actual program itself. Because, listen, Nick Saban's going to take everything that he's heard from SEC media days, yeah. which is LSU is going to be the team to beat in the SEC West. Kirby's going to win his third championship in a row. And little old Nick Saban's going to sit back there and go, you know what, we're going <laughs> to we're going to use that for motivation, guys, to get everybody pumped up. Yeah. I, I imagine that David Pollock video, he'd just play that on repeat. <laughs> yeah, that, that would do. Because I will tell you, um, so back in uh, 2009 when Alabama won its first national championship, so 2008, if you remember the SEC championship game, they took Tim Tebow to the fourth quarter. Tim Tebow had a great fourth quarter. Bama had the lead yeah. going into the fourth quarter. Tebow, incredible fourth quarter. Florida ends up winning the SEC championship. Alabama's just like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe we got so close. Being Florida didn't happen. All that next year in the offseason, whether it was in the weight room, walking around the facility, Saban had that game tape yeah. on every TV in, in the <laughs> – seriously, in the football offices, reminding everybody, you see, we didn't finish. Right. You know, it was part of the process, but we did not finish. And because of that, that was their motivation going into 2009 and we saw what happened they beat florida beat timbo tebow then they sent urban meyer to early retirement you know (laughs) and so then all of a sudden the the so-called dynasty started so to give a long answer to your original question i think there are legitimate questions surrounding this program in regards to where it is currently in the sec and seeing what else is going on so i think that's a fair question um just using the word decay kind of made made some people a lot more nervous than probably well, they should be. And I'm kind of opposite with Mike here. I, I got Bama first in the West. I, I think that 
a decay. I, I I don't see that happen. I think some. Why why are why are we sleeping on Alabama? Why is why is the fam, Why is everybody sleeping on them right now? Well, I'll tell you why. Because historically speaking, the two games that they lost yeah. last year, they won. But people seem to forget about some of those other games that they actually won last year. Whether it was Texas A and M, whether it was the Ole Miss game, you know, there were games. Texas game, you know, there could have been three other games that. Mm-hmm. Could have maybe gone the other direction. Right. So you know you're looking at a potential. Oh my gosh, I hate to say this, but a a seven and five Alabama team based on what could have happened last year. Um, I think you just look around the landscape. What's going on? They still recruiting. You look at the roster. I mean, you put it up against you know right. Georgia. If Alabama had you know a returning quarterback that everybody felt pretty confident, in, I think you're having a conversation where Alabama would be the overwhelming yeah. pick this next week. But because Jaden Daniels is back. I think that changes the whole conversation. Yeah. I almost feel like it's uh, he did it to himself, though, because Nick Saban has dominated the SEC to such an extent that he has essentially gotten every institution at least once to fire their football coach. <laughs> and that's why we got Kirby, because Mark's, Mark Rick was a very great coach. Yeah. But he, was, he couldn't get him over the top, so very they got true. Kirby. LSU, commitment with Brian Kelly. I would even say Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, Josh Heupel, on and on and on. I mean, he is surrounded by great coaches that that have elevated their programs, and I, I don't I don't think to the degree these programs would have invested if not for Nick Saban just being uh, dominant around the SEC. I, I agree with you 100%, Mike. And, and you think about what has happened with the arms race when it comes to the SEC in regards to whether it's not only on the, on the recruiting trail, but it's the facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the war of the facilities. You know, Bama, okay, they first want to have a waterfall, you know, in, in their <laughs> players' area. First have a gaming room. Then all That's of a right. sudden, everybody else started doing it. And then we're going to build a, you know, million dollars worth of academic center. Then all of a sudden, everybody else started doing it. So, you know, Nick Saban has always tried to, to be on the – I guess the cusp of, mm-hmm. you know, the next yeah. round of things. But you have to keep in mind – Kirby Smart took that blueprint mm-hmm. that yeah. he saw, and he was a huge reason why Alabama had that success that they did and took it to Athens. And just like what Nick did when he came to Tuscaloosa, which was this is the blueprint, stay out of my way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what we need. I don't need assistant um, ADs. I don't need people from the you know, board of trustees. I don't need all these people. You hire me to do a job. This is what we need to do. They stayed out of his way. That's why Alabama got on the roll it did, and Kirby's doing the same thing. Right. And I think other coaches, when they get that power at certain schools, they're going to do the exact same thing. How much, uh, you know, run, so to speak, did you guys get out of uh, Jimbo and, and Nick going at it about a me? year ago? I mean, Are you I, kidding me? I, I, you know, I wish I was the one that was at the uh, – you know, it was right down the street from the radio station at the club there in Birmingham when he, when he said those infamous yeah. comments, and all of us in Birmingham were going, thank you, thank you, because now we have got about three, four, five, six months, and knowing that Jimbo – was going to be coming to Tuscaloosa. Yes. I mean, we immediately started running a liner on the show, you know, X number of days until Jimbo <laughs> Fisher comes to Bryant-Denny Stadium. So, oh, it was, a, it was a godsend. This time of the year, really? Oh, yeah. Were you surprised how quickly that went away, though? Or was that just the SEC stepping in and, I, was I mean, ma- clearly, right? I was making sure Commissioner Sankey can't hear me. <laughs> yeah, he's around the corner. Um, no, you know, I think the commissioner did what a commissioner is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You get on the phone with the people that are having this open debate, not even really a debate, is kind of two children yelling at each other yeah. and basically say, hey, we're not going to do that. You right. know, we're, we're right. going to keep our problems in-house. 
you know, we've got issues, let's discuss them. So, you know, I think they were very quick. You know, after, you know, remember Jimbo had the comments at the original press conference that really sent everybody into a tizzy. And then he had another interview with a Houston television station that basically kind of doubled down on what he had said a couple of days before. And then after that, I think that's when the SEC decided, you know what, guys, you know, yeah. let's take care of it. That's why you saw when they got to Destin a couple months later, a couple of weeks later, whatever it was, that it was all, right. you know, okay. Right. You know. We were all anticipating fireworks there, and it just never came. Never, and I, never I knew came. that I knew it was going to go away after that. Yeah, but once again, we, hey, we love it, right? <laughs> we love it. I mean, whether it was whether it was Jimbo and Nick, or it was Lane Kiffin, or Brian Kelly, it didn't matter. I mean, as long as we get the content, we're we're good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, fans always get excited over a new hire. Mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze is who I want to talk about next. But it's different now with the transfer portal with NIL. You can flip it quicker than ever. Uh, but is that – I mean, obviously that's good for Auburn, but it's bad, I think, for expectations because I'm already here, and I know you are. Fans are wondering, can we win nine, ten games? And maybe that's not totally unrealistic, but that should certainly not be the expectation year one, should it? No, it should not be. And, and I think right now they want to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if yeah. they can get six, they're going to be happy. Guys, I, I can't tell you how bad Brian Harson was. And I'm talking about <laughs> – not only on the field and halftime adjustments and just coaching in general, but he took that Auburn program back years by the lack of recruiting and the way that his organization was set up. I mean, he really believed that he could take his Jimmy and Joes and, and beat Nick Saban or Kirby Smart right. without him going out and getting a four and a five-star, okay? His relationships with the high school coaches in the state of Alabama, awful terrible you had legacies at the auburn football program whose parents and and grandparents played at auburn and gave money to auburn you're talking about like good three four even some five-star talent that never got a call from auburn to come visit campus or or get a visit from a coach that's how bad it was even guys that committed because not because of harson but because it was auburn and it was an sec school once he started firing coaches in midseason, those position coaches that were recruiting those players to come to Auburn, it was weeks went by before Brian Harson or anybody from Auburn picked up the phone to call them to try to keep them in the stable to go to Auburn. So my, the picture that I'm painting is a very true one, which was he could have set Auburn recruiting back five, ten years if yeah. they had just given him one more year. So I think what Auburn did – now what Auburn did – to get to the point to fire him with all that ridiculous investigation, just that was crap, you know, what right. they did. That was wrong, what they did. But for firing him for the purposes of, of him not doing his job as an SEC head football coach, hands down, um, should have been done. And I think now with Hugh Freeze, he knows the conference. He knows what it takes. He's got good he's – already, he's already built those bridges back with the okay. Alabama high school coaches. And so that's why you're seeing – he had to go in the portal to fix all the mess that Brian Harson didn't do. But mark my word, the recruiting in the state of Alabama, which we got some good talent, yeah. he has been able to kind of mend those fences. And more kids now are looking at Auburn than what they did before with Brian Harson. So you see that trending differently, more recruiting. Let's just pick a few guys out of the portal that we really need. Had to. Yeah. Had to. I'm telling you. The offensive line, my teammate on jocks, Cole Kublik, he'll tell you the exact same thing. Offensive line play has been horrible. Yeah. In the trenches, horrible. And, I mean, you're you're watching a game, and I know you guys watch it from a 30,000-foot view, but me having to deal with it every single day with Alabama and Auburn, you saw you did not see SEC talent. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Mizzou, but Mizzou should have won that game in Jordan-Hare yeah. Stadium. Yeah. There's no reason why. 
Auburn should have won that game. But you look on the field, that's not SEC caliber talent that they had. So he had to go out and fill those trenches right. and get that roster built back up. So that's why this next year from a recruiting standpoint with incoming freshmen yeah. will be much bigger than what it was. Can I ask on that note, just because there are going to be a lot of new faces mm-hmm. down there, is there anybody that we should probably have our eyes on or somebody that becomes a household name at the end of the year? Well, obviously the quarterback situation is going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people re- were really excited about Robbie Ashford. I mean, listen, watching him in high school, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the state of Alabama. He goes off to Oregon for a year. He's also a fantastic baseball player, better baseball yeah. player than he is football player. A lot of people were shocked that when he came to Auburn that he wasn't able to solidify himself as the quarterback. But you had Brian Harson, yeah, that yeah. was trying to teach him, and it just never meshed. So, you know, with the new quarterback coming in from Michigan State, a lot of people are excited about that, but they believe – Based on what Hugh Freeze was able to do with Malik Willis, yeah. who came from Auburn yeah. to Liberty, they're excited about Robbie Ashford's potential. So I'm not really sure that you're going to see anybody right now, one of those big names. Right. And they got like 21 of them. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you can kind of throw a dartboard at the yeah. roster and go, oh, yeah, that one. Um, but I go back to the quarterback because we yeah. all know you gotta, if you're going to win in this league, you're going to have to have a quarterback. It goes back to our original conversation with LSU and Alabama. That's why LSU – is yep. getting all the talk because Jaden Daniels with the three question marks at Alabama, you're mm-hmm. going to put your money probably on Jaden Daniels. controversy all in that state, man. We yeah. don't know who's going to be playing. I'm telling you, hey, listen, we love it. I mean, we do not want a starter named yeah. until, like, the week of the game. Who do you think it is? Both – Alabama, Auburn, week one, who's the starting quarterbacks? Um, for me, it's got to – I, I got to go with who they brought in. Yeah. I mean, if you're recruiting a guy out of the portal – I would find it really hard to believe that somebody is going to go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go there, and I know they say the right things, I'm going to compete right. for the job. But, you know, they have other opportunities out of the portal. Not saying you get a guarantee, but, you know, you're like, okay, reason why Thorne's going to Auburn, he's going to have the inside track. Buckner's former offensive coordinator is now the offensive coordinator at Alabama. I think that there was probably like, look, you come here, you're QB1 unless, right. you know, something happens, you break your ankle or, you know, do something like that. So, for me, week one, I think, obviously, it's who I just said out of the portal. That's who the two schools are going to go with. I was really surprised. I can be honest with you. I don't watch Liberty football. I never even heard of Liberty until Hugh Freeze got down there and they started making some noise. But I was used to RPO, wide open. Mm-hmm. And then I watched them play Arkansas. I know Arkansas was banged up in that game, but – they won that game because they were more physical than a Sam Pittman coach team, which kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. But credit to Hugh Freeze for, uh, you know, getting that out of his team. Now with uh, Philip Montgomery as offensive coordinator, Ron Roberts as defensive coordinator, what, what's the anticipation of what they'll look like? Are they going to go more with that uh, Baylor offense, you think? I think you are going to see that. The biggest issue going on with Auburn, and it's, it's what plagued Alabama last year, was the inconsistency at wide receiver. Yeah. You know, Alabama had two or three guys, a lot of four- and five-star guys that Alabama had, but they couldn't catch the ball. Auburn needs playmakers on the outside. They've got guys. They've got dudes currently on the roster that's been developed over the last couple of years. But if they can get the consistency at the wideout position, get the ball out into space to some of these guys, that's what Hugh's going to do a really good job doing. Harson was just not very, you know, didn't have a good imagination when it came to that. He's used yeah. to that West Coast stuff and playing the likes in the Mountain West. You know, he wasn't used to playing Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban and, and right. even Sam Pittman and guys like that. So um, I think you're going to see the offense. 
going to have that Hugh Freeze touch to it. But I think, you know, Philip Montgomery, a lot of people are excited about what, you know, he tried to do at Tulsa. I know Tulsa's Tulsa, but still a lot of history there. And I think uh, Hugh Freeze is going to get the most out of those guys. More pressure on Alabama or Texas week two when the Longhorns come to town because, I don't know, I, it's hard to see Alabama having a great year if they don't win that game. Texas, I mean, Sark's got a lot on the line, but I would imagine, you know, if they lose that game, that's going to everyone will anticipate them to lose that game. Well, that, that is being at Bryant-Denny Stadium and having the atmosphere that, of course, it was crazy in Austin last year, but you had Bryce Young. Um, it's not going to be the end of the world if Alabama loses that game to Texas. I think it's more important for Sarkeesian because, yes, he's picked to win the Big 12 in their final year in the conference, but there's a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, for him to take care of Alabama in Alabama's backyard, then all of a sudden he has a little play money, so to speak, if he does stub his toe against Iowa State. Or, you know, just somebody right. in the Big 12 like he has no business doing. That's going to go a long way on his Wikipedia page mm-hmm. by knocking yeah. off Nick Saban at Alabama Place. Right, I think right. they've lost eight games total right. since he has been, you know, the I head coach. I think only two in the last decade. We yeah. looked that up recently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's it's crazy. To think that. So, initially and for you got the, him third. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be using that on the yeah. show, by the way. I will be using that on the show. Um, so, for to me, it's the more pressure it's for Sarkeesian. Because Alabama fans will just quickly dispel it and go, it's not a conference game yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll write the ship. You know, okay, that quarterback that we thought was going to be QB1, we've got two more right here. Next yep. guy up, we got SEC play to worry about. Yeah. So, nothing's lost. But – you know, with Texas A&M, Tennessee, then that big one in early November against LSU, and then Auburn's always a tough game. Yeah. I don't need to tell you guys. Yeah. You got a Jordan Hare, that place is rocking, and Hugh will have that place going, you know, better than Harson did. Yep. It's a tough schedule. <laughs> a tough schedule. Well, Pat, I can't thank you enough. Uh, before you go, can you tell the audience where can they find your work? Absolutely. At Pat Smith Radio, you can hear me weekdays, 10 to noon, Jocks 94.5 in Birmingham. Thank you so Thank much. You. Guys, appreciate it. Fan of your work. Thank you. Appreciate